0: Good morning. Good morning, I come from a background which involves dealing with corporates and CEOs, executives. I do a lot of work in that space and one of the most sought after uh, support that people expect from us is to build uh, leadership. Leadership is something that uh, every organization wants and the last few days I have been thinking on a concept which I would believe that would add a lot of value to the line that we are here today, though it's applicable across all the spectrums of life. I would call it as minority leadership. Whether you take spirituality, whether you take organizations, whether you take the country itself or the world it's always about the benefit of the majority yet many a times we have seen that through the eons of time the people who need all these benefits who are the majority normally do not know what they need. Yet, the world gets confused by this concept that the majority is right. If you take any of the scientific concepts, or if you take any of our belief systems that we have had over several centuries, it's always apparently that the majority thinks that they are right. And there is someone or somebody or something which just pops up with a thought system which is completely different. Normally they are heckled, sometimes they are even guillotined. Before what they said during the lifetime, either during the lifetime or later, is accepted as the worldview which everybody starts embracing. The earth that we stand in today, at least officially, though in Indian uh, mythology and all that we have seen this long ago, till about 300, 400 years ago, it was firmly believed that earth is flat and that the entire universe goes around us and things like that. There was this person, Galileo, who popped up with a different thought process and he was castigated and outcasted from his religion and later people realized that the truth is something else. And uh, if you really look at the majority view, for several thousands of years, humans have believed that the earth is flat and the entire universe revolves around us. Yet in the last couple of hundred years, the thought process has completely changed. What has that got to do with what we are here today for? Spirituality. Even if we take the concept of God, God is minority per se, you know. I mean, and uh, to his disadvantage, he couldn't come and convince us that he is there and we had to follow him. And then time after time he started, maybe in some strange way, using nature to send messengers, messiahs, masters, gurus, who came with a message that there is a higher force and that we need to go towards that. And history has repeatedly proved that during their lifetime, all these messiahs and masters and gurus have either been heckled or even in some cases killed. Very rarely during their lifetime did they have wide-ranging acceptance of what they were propagating. in a similar sense even if we take the practice that we all have uh, taken into some of you maybe recently a few of us maybe for 5 10 years and a few here maybe 20 25 years whatever about 120 130 years back this system did not exist as it is known today it was lost to humanity maybe 10000 years ago 72 generations prayer to Lord Dasaratha as we understand Because the majority did not maybe understand and the The minority was not strong enough to influence the majority to make them understand that This has to be perpetuated for the good of humanity And in such strange cases you will find like mob fury the majority does take over and ensures that the minority which is the truth is finished and it takes several times, several years before it resurrects. Maybe in the case of Jesus Christ it was three days, maybe in our case it was about 10,000 years when Lalaji Maharaj came back again, sent by nature or whatever and then the concept of transmission or pranahuti was given back to humanity. It's almost 120 years now since uh, this practice is there and as a mission we have been here since 1945, Sri Ram Chandra mission. The practice as it's called now heartfulness practice. If you look at the masters themselves in the last 120 years, we now have the, the fourth global guide or the guru or the master. Yet the masters or those who are propagating the concept are still in minority. Even if you take the practice itself, though technically there are about 4 to 5 lakh people who are practicing globally, more than 5 to 6 million people have been given a taste of this in the last 50 to 60 years, yet those who practice assiduously, the way in which this is supposed to be practiced, what we call as intense abhyasi, or a bookish abhyasi, or abhyasi who exactly follows as the Guru says. Chahirji Maharaj once mentioned in his talk on 1st January 2005 that such abhyasis could be counted in one single hand, those who can be termed as abhyasis. Even within the so-called 4 to 5 lakh people who practice, those who practice the way it should be done is still small. What does it all point to? If you really see any of the leaders that come to your mind, whether it's even your parents, who stood by their values when you grew up and put their foot down to say that this is how you have to grow up. They were in minority and we as kids, when we had kids around our home and we all thought our parents were being very firm with us, later we realized that what they were doing to us was for good. Take the case of Indian history, till uh, Mahatma Gandhi set foot in India after he was thrown out of a train, came to India and then found his own way of non-cooperation movement and finally leading to the crescendo of... Indian independence, the freedom movement, took a lot of tremendous amount of work and conviction from one single person that what I stand for is a cause worth standing for. He had to take a lot of hardship, lot of beating, not physically though, before people started galvanizing around him to understand that this is what would take us towards freedom emancipation, what you want to call it. Even at a very lowly level of a nation being freed which is more a materialistic view because when you become free, you can make your own decisions, you can become more prosperous, you grow and whatever, whatever. Even such a concept is not easy for humans to accept because per se, when a leader steps in, whether it's the spiritual field or the religious field or the political field or in a sports arena or whatever, they are pushing you to do something that you are not comfortable doing. And who would want to get up on a Sunday morning, travel 10, 15, 20, 30 kilometers to get in one single place, close your eyes and do what is known as group meditation and quite easy if you look at the population almost 99% right now may be still sleeping or maybe in Baram enjoying their weekend or whatever it's not easy maybe because they are pushing you to do something which is apparently against your comfort zone i don't want to do it you want to give me freedom give me without me struggling for it Apparently during the freedom struggle there were 30 crore people in India, maybe about only 30 lakh fought for it according to the known history, maybe plus or minus. Yet, it got us what we got. If you really look at what Sahaj Marg has set out to do to the world as ordained by nature, it's not a call just of the masters or of one single guru or one single system. It is ordained by nature. If you read whispers which uh, has repeatedly said, there is a much larger purpose. If we don't do it, somebody else will do. If we don't cooperate, somebody else will cooperate. The change is bound to happen sooner or later. If we struggle against change, what is likely to happen, which is what majority is always about. Majority is always in a comfort zone of doing something which is quite easy going after things which are more externally speaking easy oriented or pleasure oriented yet when the change needs to happen the minority have to step in and make it into a moment this is what the life of the masters have always totters throughout repeatedly because the moment you step out, the easiest thing that you can do is go back home, continue with your regular Sunday routines, washing clothes, cooking, meeting friends, maybe going out for a wedding, going to a mall, watching a movie or just unwind, relax, get ready for your Monday morning blues. As corporate world would know it, get back into the rut, again get out, get back into the rut, get back into the rut. So the question to us here is, would we want to be part of that minority which is out to shake the current belief system in this world, if you still believe so or if you don't believe so? Would you want to be part of that change which would finally unfold as nature wants it? Babaji Maharaj once said, if not hundred years, let it take thousand years, people will still come. But what if your grandchildren wake up someday and then ask you, Tata, what were you doing when this momentum was taking over the earth? You are there, you are part of that five or ten or twenty thousand people. Now we all have embraced. We are all benefiting. Had you stepped up and done something, would it not have benefited the humanity much faster? See leaders, those specifically in minority, leaders by default are in minority. We take a corporate organization, the CEO right at the top is one single person. You don't have 25 CEOs in an organization. You don't have more than one prime minister for a country. You don't have more than one chief minister for a state. They are always literally in absolute minority, all the time fighting against odds, all the time working towards changing the belief system of the people who are around to ensure that what they see as a common good. The same is true for negative forces also. If you Take the case of Adolf Hitler. He was in minority too. German was doing good till he stepped in. The same is true for Mussolini or the same is true for Kamsa or the same is true for Ravan or take anything. The question is, if good needs to prevail over the bad, if values have to take over and run the world which apparently today everyone, if you open up social media, if you open up newspapers, if you open up any forum, everyone is saying there is anarchy, You know, people are not happy, there is stress, there is pressure. What is so natural today, we have to search happiness. It's so natural. I remember 30 years back, much, much younger days. I didn't have to search for happiness. It was just there. And today, I just have to search every nook and corner to find where happiness is. Then does it in some way put some kind of onus on us to step up? The choice is always given to you. If you had to the so-called good versus evil. To start with good will always be in minority. How do you multiply yourself? How do you ensure that you propagate properly the goodness that the world needs? I am not suggesting at any point of time that Sahaj Mark is the only way or we have the only Key to the world's lock, once you open up, all problems will be dissolved. Absolutely no. But I have a firm conviction that out of several systems I have seen and tasted, at least a few, and having seen several practices either in close quarters or from outside, ringside view, I am of the conviction that for the world order to change, Sajmarg has a very serious. Solution to offer It might not teach you How to succeed against odds It will surely teach you how to accept Challenges and failures on the way it goes toward make you go towards divinization Which is what every religion promises to offer which is what every spiritual path promises to offer Even if you take Sahajmarga, Sri Ramchandra mission, the functionaries or the volunteers, if you have a thousand people practicing, there are about one or two, three people who really stand up and pass on the message that masters want to pass on to the world in a very uh, serious, in a, in a way in which they carry conviction. If you read out from the book that Sahajmarg is is a way which can help you to reach the highest goal, Without really internalizing what we stand for, people may not buy it. Yet, these are the people who are going to be in the last 10, 20, 30 years, in which I have seen several spiritual groups, minority groups within the mission popping up, which had tremendous amount of conviction within themselves and then binds and holds together. And then they create the mass like an avalanche, you know, once it goes down, and then there is no force which can stop. I see that momentum story coming in every history lesson or scientific lesson or uh, even any change to happen, there is a concept called as a tipping point which needs to take place. A tipping point is when beyond which there is. A place where you reach where it's sort of a point of no return or you have achieved critical mass. But if you really take what we are today, we haven't yet achieved that critical mass for us to go. For a religion like Christianity, it is said it took more than 300 years. In a time when communication was tough, no internet, no WhatsApp, no telephones. Word of mouth, people travelled to the nook and corner of the world, the Twelve Apostles as they are known and then it went on, went on, went on, went on and at some point of time, the critical mass happened and then it moved on. Today it is almost 45% of the world population as they say. If you really look at official practitioners of Sahaj Mark, there are about 300 to 400,000. I do not want to stand by judgment, but it is up to you to decide whether you are fully in it or you are yet dabbling your feet, sitting near the pool, putting a water to check. Is it alright, is it alright, is it alright for 5, 10, 20, 30 years? Because when we ran this hundred-day challenge program, one of the ABSC was part of the program, had been there for more than 15 to 17 years in the system. And when this ABSC told me that When I took up this practice, I thought it's all made. Now I realize that it's completely different. This 100 days has made me to look at Sajmar completely differently because I understand the seriousness and purpose of practice better than what I have understood in the last 15 to 17 years. And this person said that all along, I was dabbling. I was still not, I didn't still make the jump into the pool. I was still sitting on the peripheral and watching the fun, as they said. The same is true for each and every one of us. Because if you think I am here to ask you to come and volunteer, uh, maybe not, that's not my intention. My idea is to be part of a movement in a sincere and serious way, in such a way that you are part of that minority leadership. Because when the egregore happens, when uh, the mass is created, when the dynamics, the dynamics of how we work completely changes, Your inner call shouldn't come and tell you that uh, I had a chance to be part of this great movement in taking this across the globe, which is the vision of our masters. Yet, in spite of 6 months, 1 year, 2 year, 5 year, 20, 30 years of practice, I kept sucking what the master gave, but I did not give anything in return. Whether we cooperate, whether I cooperate, whether you cooperate, whether we all cooperate or not, as Babu Maharaj and Lalaji Maharaj and Charaji Maharaj and Kamlesh Master have repeatedly said, it's already preordained. The way Lord Krishna told Arjun, "Who are you to shoot the arrow? They are already dead. If you don't shoot, anyway, the job is done. You are getting a chance to shoot through which you can claim credit." for being victorious in this Mahabharata. And after those 700 verses, Arjuna apparently understood and then the war started and we all know what happened later. The same is true here. Each one of us in some ways is an Arjun to our masters. He is giving us a chance. All it needed for Krishna was to take his Sudarshana Chakra and just do this, it would have been over. So Bhishma repeatedly pushes him throughout the war till the tenth day when he passes on or moves to the bed of arrows. He says, Krishna, please, I don't want to die with under anyone else's hand. Please take your chakra and finish me off. He literally begs him in several of those uh, stories that you would have read because he wants it from the highest level. In that way, if Master has to do all the work directly, then what is the role for Arjun? What is our role? Are we just going to watch Lord Krishna fight the war, the way our masters are directly doing or would you want to be part of that Pandavasena which is ensuring that what the world needs into perpetuity, it's not that the world needs it only today. Because scientists have analysed and found that humanity is moving towards a tipping point. And if this tipping point is not handled positively, the way in which it should be handled, it is a good possibility that we might have missed one more chance. Nature can wait into eternity. It's 15 billion years since creation came, 5 billion years since earth came, 100 to 200,000 years the so-called homo sapiens came, what we are. Nature will wait, because nature is beyond time. Time is our way of looking at things. Yet, while we are here, while it is possible, while it is clear that there is a good scope for us to change the fate of the majority, which is the humanity today, through the process of the spiritual pranahuti and the spiritual system that our masters are given, which we have been tasting for, some of you have been maybe tasting for a few months. I can see a few faces who have been there for At least 10, 15, 20 years. Are you going to sit and watch? Or are you going to step into that minority pool of leadership? Take ownership in some way. It is a family. It's not one person who is working on the entire humanity. Maybe the transmission flows from there. But the channels of transmissions are like the various veins in the body, you know, the blood has to still flow, the heart may still be pumping. If the arteries are blocked, the blood won't flow. Or the heart may decide, let me not pump blood because the arteries are not allowing me to pump the blood. We in some way, though the preceptors, masters, Charisma, Rajvans, called as the arteries of the mission, each Abhyasi is also in some way an artery. What is the point in blocking and not allowing it to go. If you are able to step into that minority space and in some way participate in his work better than what we are currently doing, all of you in some way may already be doing, by the sheer practice that you do, in some way without your knowledge, you are already changing the environment in your house, near your house, in your locality, without your knowledge. Each Abhyasi is already doing his work. In some way, yet, like a child eating food and an adult eating food, there is two different things. A child is fed by its mother, it may not even know what it is sucking or eating or drinking. Whereas, when it comes to an adult, we choose based on our taste. Since we have already tasted the food and seen the change it has brought in each and every one of us, would it be too much of an ask for us to scale up to a better level? If I have 24 hours, other than one and a half hour of practice that I have, other than 20 hours that I have for myself, can I set aside half an hour to carry out this message in whatever way I can? Once a day, maybe every day, once a week, weekends, maybe Monday to Friday I will go to office and work, but Saturday and Sunday 24 hours I can come It depends on what your background is. Again, there is not a request for you to come and volunteer. I am only saying that in some way if you are ready to participate in this minority work which is currently happening in working towards changing the fate of the humanity in a very positive way, it is a golden chance. Minority leadership is not about a person. Minority leadership, though it might start with a person, it's a movement. Like the Indian freedom movement. Currently what is happening is a spiritual freedom movement. You can be part of it in whatever way, in an active way, in a more intense way. There is a call from nature which is what our masters have repeatedly been sharing with us. I only request you to look within introspect, find is there a way in which you can participate which even now is still evolving, it is still a minority concept. Yet at some point of time If you can peep into the future in some way, when you meditate, if you are able to, you can. You will find that there is a better future waiting for humanity for which the base has already been laid and the work is happening. So you have a choice, one to intensify your practice the way master would want you to if Chariji Maharaj has to give a speech from wherever he is today, he should say that on 1st January 2005, it was only a handful of people. But today, I see a sea of humanity. Everyone is practicing the way Sahaj Mark should be practiced. In some way, if we can work towards that, I am sure that his vision and the vision of the hierarchy and the Masters uh, would uh, be done. I only sincerely request and pray that we all in some way open our eyes and our hearts and take part in this moment in whatever way we can and take it and make it a global moment. Thank you.